Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 336, covering Minefield and Dead Stop with Kevin Lynch. Hi, friends. Uh, before before anything else, everyone wants to know what we thought of Discovery. Let's let's say it for like 10 seconds and All move right. on because, you know. Uh, Matt, you go first. Uh, I only saw the first episode of the two that they've released. Uh, I liked it for the most part. There's some small Flunk? problems, but I'm definitely interested in continuing to watch that, it. That's fair. Flonk, what do you think? Uh, I loved it. Characters are really great. Uh, looking forward to seeing where it goes. Fair enough. I think I like it. There's some things I have some issues with, but I'm waiting to see. It, it's clearly made to be seen for an entire season, so I think I'll have a better opinion when all 15 are out. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There we go. So now we can continue talking about what we're talking about, which is Flong's favorite show, Enterprise. Well, <laughs> my favorite show is Discovery now because nerds are telling me that I'm supposed to hate it. So fuck you. I oh, love it. man. Everyone with this <laughs> shit. I'm so tired of this. I'm The thing is, again, we'll judge it when it's all one piece. I think... I think people will be kinder when they see where it's going, or maybe not. I don't know, but right now it's way too early to say. I'm just saying, if somebody says they like Discovery, don't tell them they should be watching Space Family Guy instead. I, they're just they're not the same thing. They're they're it's weird to compare them to me. It's like one is a daily comic strip and one is a graphic novel. They're they're the same medium, but they're so completely different. You know, mm. like yep. So anyway. But uh, on to uh, the, the show that Flonk still loves like a woman, I assume. <laughs> Unless, are you, are you backpedaling <laughs> now? Are you flip-flopping? Is that the, you know, is that the move now? I like the first one a lot. Um, the second okay. one we'll get into, but <laughs> the first one I thought was yeah. really good. Yeah. This is a good, like, pairing of episodes in that I don't think any of us completely agree on everything. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot of subtle gray area. It's not like definitely great or definitely not great. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. So yeah. that that's good for a discussion show, I guess. I'd rather <laughs> they all be good, but you know, in terms of stuff to talk about, there's we we all have mixed feelings about both of these. So that's good. Huh. Flunk, why don't you kick us off with Minefield? All right. It is a morning of awkward breakfast on the Enterprise um, when the ship comes across a Minshara class planet. And since Archer ran out of puppy pads three weeks ago, he decides it's time for some shore leave. Uh, then a huge explosion blasts the ship, taking out a big old chunk of the saucer. Great. Now Porthos will never come out from under the bed. <laughs> uh, something they can't see has attached itself to another part of the hull, and after modifying the x-ray specs they used against the invisible Suleban last year, uh, the crew figures out that they are in the middle of a cloaked minefield. Malcolm gets into a spacesuit to see if he can fuck the mine or something. Uh, while he's out there, a mysterious ship decloaks and starts yelling at them in a language the computer can't translate. Uh, so the ship then fires a few destructor blasts at them. Ah, yes, the old Vulcan hello. <laughs> Travis plugs in his programmer controller and starts to get the ship out of the minefield. Hoshi, despite suffering a pretty bad concussion during the attack, has the alien's message brought to sickbay so she can translate it. Because Hoshi is awesome. She figures out that the aliens are called Romulans, and they've claimed this planet is theirs, so we'd best move along. T'Pol knows nothing about these Romulans, save that they are aggressive, territorial, and best left alone. Meanwhile, out on the ship's bum, Malcolm has somehow gotten his legs his legs stuck inside a mine, uh, so Archer grabs a stick of butter and heads outside to get him out. <laughs> the Romulans aren't happy that it's taking so long, they think we should just blast Reed out into space with the mine, and I can't really find any problems with that, that logic. <laughs> Archer gets Malcolm free, and the mine arms itself, so they do the only reasonable thing and chuck the mine out into space and surf the explosion back into the shuttle bay. The Enterprise warps off seconds before the Romans op open fire. The ship is over, but get this, there are actual consequences. Malcolm's leg is still all fucked up, and the ship is heavily damaged, and there's no way to repair it. And there's no way they're going to find a magical ship repairing station in the next episode, right? R right? Well, that, that would be telling. Yeah. There, there was a lot to like about this one, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. There, there was also stuff I There was also like. Malcolm. Uh-huh. The thing is, we've. I, I think you guys... Well, I know Matt agrees with me. Flunk, I'm not so sure. Like, I think the two weakest characters in the show were the two that we spent the most time with. I would agree with that, but I thought Archer came out of this looking pretty good. Archer's definitely on an upswing for me. Like, I still don't love him yet. I don't like him as much as I definitely should like a captain. But yeah. 
he's getting better, but still pairing him off with Malcolm for most of this episode is like, ugh, I think on. actually, um, we can do my quote now too. Cause that sort of goes with what I'm talking about. All right. I heard that England made it to the finals in the world cup. I beg your pardon. The world cup. Soccer. Oh, I'm afraid I don't much follow football, sir. Any sports you do follow? No, not particularly. Um, yeah, all this like awkward sports talk, I think, like does a, a good way of like um, showing his kind of his folksy charm in a way that like, you know, his kind of like uh, strong headedness didn't in the first season. This mm-hmm. kind of just like nicer, just like, you know, trying to 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 be friends or whatever. But I also like that he doesn't seem to be very good at it. Like, yeah. I actually like that as a choice. It's uh-huh. like, this guy's a boring dad who takes a book to the beach. And yeah, like, like him and Malcolm have absolutely nothing in common, but he's just going to keep on going down this one road because it's the only thing he knows how to do. Well, that's the, yeah. the, that's the thing it says in his, like, how to captain book is like, yeah, you got to get uh-huh. on well with your crew. All right, I guess I'm going to take another shot at this, I guess. I'll yeah. work my way down the list, so... uh well, trip I already got. And to Paul, I'm working on that one. Who's next? Oh man! Ugh. Oh, this creep! God damn it! So, um, you like sports? Yeah, we're guys. Sports. That's safe, right? Oh man, he doesn't hey. even like sports. Now what? Hey, do you like water polo? My favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was gonna <laughs> oh say no! That when you said, I was going to say that when you said folksy charm. Like, I I see that. I do. I, you're not completely out on left field there, but his his folksiness is water. Yeah, polo. true. It's not football. It's no, he's not into like a working class guys guy thing. He's into some weird thing that only like. Well, maybe in uh, in the future, you know, the NFL is gone. The baseball we know is gone. Like mm-hmm. maybe water polo is all that's left. We do actually learn football still around now. So, uh, is it football? Oh no, no, soccer's soccer. still around. Yeah, soccer's still around. The British guy said football, so yeah. he means soccer, right? Yeah. Well, do you watch the World Cup? No, I don't. I mean. I mean, I think I could speak for all of us, uh, you know, the three of us not very, being very into sports. This has definitely happened to me and probably oh, yeah. you guys as well, right? Oh, all the time. Some dude thinks he's trying. He thinks he's trying to meet you halfway and talk about something you almost surely have in common and you don't. It happens a lot when you're a bartender on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. I bet it does. In a major city with, yep, with, with very passionate teams. feelings. Yeah. Very passionate feelings about their sports teams. Mm-hmm. It used to every time there was a there was a hockey game back when I worked at the comic store, like some dude would come in and just say, hey, you catch the game last night? No, never. Yeah, yeah I've been and, thinking and a comic Seattle, store, they would know better, too. Yeah, seriously. Well, it was also a bookstore, remember? Oh, yeah. Also, he's in downtown Vancouver. So, I mean, yeah, you know, but and, and for me, like here in Seattle, our football team for the first time a couple of years ago started doing really well. And everyone it, in the abstract, seeing everyone get excited about something was cool, but then mm. they'd want to talk about it. And I just uh, don't know. Sorry. I got nothing, man. I'm sorry. I'm glad That's you had a good great. time. Go 12s. I, I was like seeing how long I could keep the conversation going with like the bare minimum of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but the defense, all though. the bluffs. <laughs> hey, they really need to work on their defense. That's a, that's a thing, right? Yeah, but last week <laughs> they got to tighten up that defense. <sighs> and what is that? What do those refs think they're doing, huh? Man, what a bunch of clowns! Yep, <laughs> you could totally pull that off. Uh huh. You just need to do it until you get like your tip, and then it doesn't matter anymore, right? That is exactly what happens. <laughs> Nobody tips at the bookstore. Yeah. Um, they should. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate that. Archer's having trouble getting to know guys, but we we all pointed this out as well. Malcolm's not mysterious like they seem to want him to be. That's your bad thing, right, Matt? Yeah, that's my bad thing. Like, the show seems to want to insist that Malcolm... Like, there's that whole episode about figuring out what his favorite food is. The show seems to want to insist on the fact that Malcolm is mysterious or, like, doesn't like to talk about his personal life or whatever. Yeah, he's we like know a a lot about Malcolm at this point. The problem isn't that he's mysterious or, or that he's awkward around people. The problem is that he's kind of a weird, gross guy. Yep. Yeah. That, that's true. Like, the thing, like, he doesn't want to talk to, the, the problem isn't that he won't talk to the captain, it's that he doesn't want to talk to the captain about what interests him, which is bums. <laughs> which means he has enough self-awareness to know that he should be ashamed of it. Yeah. Which makes it worse somehow. Like, you start talking about asses to that guy, he'll open up like me if you start talking about comic books. Like, yep. 
Oh yeah, I love bums. I look at them all day long. You see that bum, bum. the other day? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's that. That's the only thing we know about this guy. That and you know weapons. Yeah. Also, he wants Which to die. Which he's also not very good at. Yeah. No, but I will say the only time I've kind of liked him is it was the earliest episodes, and this has mostly gone away, when they present him with a new thing that he can weapon his way out of. He's yeah. like, ooh, we got something for that. I can do this. And like, that was kind of cool. Oh, no, I'll shoot a hole yeah, in it. Man. And then I'll fuck well, he it. Brought, he brought all kinds of stuff, and every time he got a chance to use one of the new things, he was all excited, and that was pretty cool. But mm. they haven't done that much. Um, what if we built like a giant rocket that shot lasers out of its face? I, I like that. I like that everyone's excited about their jobs. That's cool. Too. Yeah. No, they should right. be. They're they're space astronauts, <laughs> as opposed to yeah, opposed to water astronauts. I don't know. Yeah, uh, water astronauts. Isn't that what Sequest well, which, was about? Which takes us yeah. nicely to your bad thing, Plonk. Yeah, so um, we find out that uh, Malcolm's tragic backstory is that he's from a, a long line of, of Navy men, um, but uh, he went to space instead uh, because he's afraid of water. Uh huh. Seriously. So he went to the place where the least amount of water could be found. Water. Yep. Is, is this, this episode to, what thirty? Is this supposed to make him more hashtag relatable? Water. I hate. <laughs> this is what we're going with. Uh, no, nobody wants to do uh, a second draft in the script. Uh, we're we're just sticking with water. Uh, all right, water. all right. The thing is, we've seen we've seen Star Trek do. I've disappointed my dad by not getting into the family business. They've done that a lot. Sometimes yeah. well, and we've seen this particular show do. Someone is scared of a thing that no one else is scared of. Hoshi's scared of so much stuff, but she uh-huh. always overcomes it and 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 gets the job done. Yeah. So like those are two things we've seen done well, but. Not here. Nope. Water. Yep. Yep. Scared of the water. Doesn't want to join the Navy because water. Okay. And yeah, also, he's from England. The island of England. We had a, Are we, we sure had he's a, not from France? No, we're not, actually. Okay. We had a theory watching the episode that the Enterprise actually had to fly to England and send a ladder down to pick him up. <laughs> he's just got to climb up like five miles of ladder to get yep. up to orbit. Still better than going out to sea, that's all I know. Okay, but if you fall, you, you're probably going to fall into the water, because we're right over an island. Oh, he no. looks, he's like two miles up, he looks down, and he gets scared from the ocean. Yeah, all you see is blue. Not He's not scared of the heights. No. Yeah. If I fall, I could just aim for that big green spot, I'll be fine. Oh, jeez, there's a lot of water. Oh, God, it's, it's ganging up on me. <laughs> oh, no, some from- got into my mouth. <laughs> You're horribly dehydrated. Yes, I know. This explains his skin. <laughs> I just, uh, I didn't, I, like, this is, I, I'm usually a sucker for two characters are stuck in, in some kind of perilous situation and they get to know each other better. When, when you do that right, that's a really good frame for an episode. But we, as you guys pointed out, we didn't really get to know anything about him apart from that one nonsensical thing. Like, yep. Yeah. I don't feel any closer to Malcolm. I feel like I want to get further away from him. That's right. And and uh, as as Matt mentioned very briefly, uh, he still has that fucking death wish he had back in the trip episode. Yeah. yeah. Like as soon as the thing gets his leg, he's like, "Well, you have to cut off my leg or kill me." I guess that's Might the end well of me, me. I suppose. Disconnects his air hose at one point. Like, now settle it down, Malcolm. It's Star Trek. We'll get you out of this. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You're in the main credits. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear me every week saying I don't care what we'll have to risk to, to achieve, you know, whatever we're doing this week? That means keeping everyone alive. That's my no, thing. No, no, I'm taking my breath tube out now. I'm gonna get rid of all my air. Idiot. Soon I'll be dead and in heaven. And it's just uh like I hate it. I hate I that about him a lot. Yeah. It's it, he seems yeah. kind of unstable. Like it seems like do, is this the guy you really want to put in charge of your guns? Definitely not. There's that too. Yeah. Like not only is he insubordinate, Funk, you pointed that out, but also just suicidal. Like actually suicidal. That's Yeah, the, yeah. Archer gives him a direct order to, you know, not die. <laughs> and then yeah, and instead he takes his air hose out. Like, mm-hmm. There's so much wrong with that. Yeah, well, I'm helping. I'm helping you. Like maybe maybe you could send him back to work if he had Hoshi's job, but in charge of all the weapons, probably yeah. not. Yeah, no, <laughs> not great. Uh, since we're doing bad things, I mean, it just phase out like Private Pile. 
<laughs> Are you allowed to have pineapple in your footlock? <laughs> Lieutenant Reed. Um, my, my bad thing is something I know Flunk disagrees with me on, but uh, mm-hmm. I do not like the way this show... Okay, they didn't sidestep canon. That's what I wrote down here initially. They didn't do that exactly, but... What they did was, okay, what we've said out loud was no one has seen a Romulan face-to-face. Also, uh, the, the Romulans aren't really in this show except maybe once or twice. So what we did was we saw them in passing and we only heard them. Ah, wink, wink, it's a bullshit loophole that makes yeah. it fit. Shut up, just knock it off. I, I just, why don't they either meet one of the many races we've mentioned in passing or seen once that we know nothing about or invent some new guys? Like, well, because like, they did invent new guys and they're terrible. Yeah, the Suliban yeah, are garbage. Okay, but Voyager actually created a couple of okay, decent, like decent races after the uh, the fucking um, Kazon. Kazon. Yeah, like after that, they tried again and got it right a couple of times. Yeah, we the, got a bunch of cool guys. Species nine, well, they were all right. The Vidi- um, Vidians, Vidians, the yeah. Vidians. Yeah, Vidians they were pretty and good. The, the hunters were good in their first one. Yeah, yeah, they had they had some potential. Like, so there's like, good ideas, like, you know. But, but the Kazon are definitely directly comparable to the Suliban in that that's what they came up with right out of the shoot and they were terrible. Yeah. You can try again, is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's or, more than one alien race. Trust me on this. Andorians, Tellarites, um, uh, the, the, what do you call it, the Tholians, yep. the Gorn. Like, there's a bunch of original series guys we know almost nothing about at this point. And we some could of also, them we'll learn about later, but what's We up? could also get into Fox's species. We've only met him so far. Yeah. It's been, yeah. you know, season two. Yeah. I'd there's love to there's see a lot of potential, yeah. and instead they keep trying to crowbar in these guys from the next gen era. I mean, these are guys; these are original series guys, but you know what I mean. Like, just oh, hey, we were the first ones to meet the Romulans. Eh? You're not the first ones to do every single goddamn thing. I just, I really hate that. Well, this is the this... problem with with prequels, honestly. Yeah, is yeah. That, like you, you is when you have something set before the the thing. You have to, like, bend over backwards to bring in stuff that people are familiar with. And it's just but stupid. The assumption is, if you're pitching a prequel, is you have a good idea. There's a yeah. there's a story worth telling here. And they clearly didn't have that. They didn't think to that next step of, okay, if we're setting it here, there has to be a reason why. And let's let's explore that. No, it's just like, no, now we'll have Ferengi and Borg and Romulans and whatever we want. Like, I yeah. saw in the, um, in the Discovery writer's room they're having huge fights about how to handle the Romulans, so... Well, okay, but I assume there's a reason, and again, we've only seen two out of 15 episodes. I'm not going to make any judgments until we see the yeah. whole thing. It feels like it's meant to be seen that way. But I assume there's a reason it's set when it's set. There's got to be some purpose for that, because they could have chosen anything at that point. Mm. So, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, and I, also, I, with, with this specific episode, too, um, like, I don't have a problem with it, because, like... We did get into a Romulan war before the original series, and so like yeah. we did fight a lot without seeing them. So it makes sense. Like this makes sense to me. Like this is how we made first contact with them by by accidentally stumbling into their lawn, and they got mad about it. <laughs> the thing is, if if then that opened up the Romulan war plot, that would right. be cool to me. Matt and I have talked about this a bunch. Where this is this is the time when the Romulan war is supposed to happen, and we're kind of looking forward to that, and it doesn't yeah. happen. So it's like you don't get. You don't get it either way. It's kind of like not too far enough, you know. It's, it's like Star Trek is a Cold War analogy. I'll just leave it at that. If if they were doing the Romulan War, however they wanted to do it, that would be cool. Otherwise, I feel like the Romulan shouldn't be in it. That's my thought. Uh, but then also on, on a larger thing, I don't care about that if the episode is good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is why the Frankie episode really annoys me, and the Borg episode doesn't. Yeah, that's fair. And I can't judge that because I'm yeah, you haven't seen it yet. We'll but it's the same with, with this too. Like, like overall, it was a good episode, so I don't especially care if See, the, if they fudge the I, continuity a little bit. And that's where we differ because I did. Yeah. I think it was average at best. I think the stuff on the ship was appropriately tense and good, and Archer was good, and the special effects were neat, and there were spaceships and explosions. Well, this is and basically stuff. your good thing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is also, I realized the same thing Al said last week, but oh well. That's okay. It's, it's a thing the show does well. We should call it <laughs> yeah, out when it happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, everybody has something to do. Um, mm-hmm. There's the obvious one of Fox needing to fix all the people and Trip needs to go and modify something or other on the ship. But uh, we need Malcolm's weapons expertise to disarm the bomb. Uh, Travis needs to pilot out of the minefield. Ho- we need Hoshi's brain even to pause diplomatic skills a little bit. Like The show has a tendency to fall into uh, this is a, a person episode and forget about everybody else. Uh, so it's always nice to see the whole team working together. Yeah. 
Yeah, the show when it when it gets it right does the ensemble thing better than some of the other shows did for sure. Yeah, I will give it that. Uh, Matt, what do you got for a good thing? Um, I like the whole mind diffusing stuff. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, I like the mind. First of all, I like the mind in general. I like the design on it. I like that uh, if you cross it, it will stab you in the leg. <laughs> right. Like a mind so like this is <laughs> take that. Like, it's such a Romulan idea to have... Malcolm is used to invading someone's personal space and then getting hit for it, so... (laughs) (laughs) It's such a Romulan idea to have a mind that you have to defuse that will stab you for trying to defuse it. Well, the thing is, if it attaches itself to your hull, you should then be prepared for the people coming out and trying to detach it by booby-trapping it some way, so that fits. But I... I I also like the plan, like the idea of like, okay, well, we can knock a panel off of the ship, and that'll, and then the mine will float away, and it won't be a problem yeah. anymore. It's not attached to the whole ship; it's attached to this one modular yeah. panel. So that makes sense. We can ditch that. I so like that to how part cool. of the like... problem with that was that um, if they detach that part of the hull, then a piece of the impulse drive will be exposed, and they can't really fly around with that. So. Sure. Well, now the windows and open a, and everything's getting This out. is a nice, in, in this regard, it's a good justification of the, the prequel setting because you don't have an energy shield, like a bubble around the ship. You've yeah. got like just armor, basically. Yeah, it's just armor, right? Yeah, and if you lose a piece of the armor, the ship is more vulnerable. Yeah. Makes total uh, sense. Also, uh, Porthos will stick his head through there. <laughs> <laughs> when they're at high warp, it just yeah. ears flapping. Yep. He's having that a great sense. time. Yeah, undoubtedly. No, I I liked like the practical aspects of it. You're right. I just didn't like Malcolm. Like Malcolm, kill me, just kill me. Yeah, no. no, that, no, yeah, no, no the, the only thing I really didn't like about this episode was Malcolm. So yeah, yeah, but he was most of it. Like this was a let's get inside Malcolm's head episode, and I don't want to be there. It's gross. Yeah, I don't like it in there. It's yeah. really damp. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it keeps wanting me to turn the light off. I don't know what's that about. <laughs> it's moist in every worst sense of that word. Put on the mood lighting in my brain. Ugh. Let's play some Barry White. <clears throat> Malcolm, you ever actually had sex? No, but it was explained to me once in detail. I keep pestering Dr. Flox for uh, anatomy textbooks. Good enough, right? <laughs> What's sex? <laughs> um, my good thing, and, and Flunk uh, kind of mentioned this in his summary already, but there's a bit where... Hoshi wants to just, like, ignore her uh, injuries and hobble back up to the bridge to, to help translate because she's the only one who can. Yeah. And it's pretty badass. It's like that time Kirk got stabbed and still went back to work. Yeah. Hoshi's hardcore. She's like, I, there is literally yeah. no one else on here who could figure out this Romulan thing. I got to go. Yeah, the computer can't get a handle on it. And so no. they need her. And mm-hmm. <laughs> she's trying to go, but Flox won't let her. So fine, yeah. bring it down to me. Yep. So cool. And I've, I've noticed this. They give her almost every week. They give her, here's a new obstacle. Here's a new fear or a new like thing you have to overcome to yeah. get to where you need to be. And every week she does it like yeah. in the next episode, we'll see it again in a completely different way. But like, there's always a little something for her to suck it up and say, all right, I can do this. And it's a nice, it's not exactly an arc. It's just a thing they keep doing, which I kind of like. Now, uh, now here's else? a question: How much? Uh, how much do you think T'Pol knew about the Romulans before uh, going in? Because they they play it pretty uh, close to the vest on this one. Yeah, she gives a sort of an eyebrow raise, like maybe she knows. And they say the name wrong, and she corrects it and says, "Yeah, no, it's Romulan." So, like, she knows something. I, I think remember. she just knows that they're space bad guys. Yeah, I can never she remember if know. Spock knew what Romulans were the first time yeah. they showed up. He, I, I just watched it the other night because yeah. uh, I watched this, and I'm in a big Star Trek mood this week for some reason. Yeah. And so I watched uh, uh, Journey to Batwell, and um, yeah, yeah, he has no idea. Oh, okay. Well, that was um, that was that's what it was. Whatever the real one was, not Journey yeah, to Babel. That's one I was going to watch next. Yeah, the one you where Sarek played a Romulan. Yeah. Um, uh, not the Enterprise incident. I just watched it. You'd no. think I would know. Balance, yes, Balance, Balance of Terror. Balance of Terror. Terror. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't know you're saying Flunk? Yeah, he had no idea. Okay. And then, then love... theorized that they had an a ancestor. And then I don't think they confirmed that until Next Generation. Okay. Huh. With the would... uh, the seeding of the alien races well, that, and all that. Yeah. That that said, though, I think um, I think T'Pol is more closely related, like closely connected to like Vulcan intelligence and the mm-hmm. higher ups. And like that's like she might have more of a reason to know than Spock would. I would have loved if she had turned to Hoshi and said, like, there's like. This sounds like it, it was it, like there's Vulcan 
uh, yeah, stuff use, in this language. Use this ancient Vulcan yeah. language to help get you started. And yeah, yeah, this why. is like Not whatever the Vulcan language. version of Latin is. Like, yeah, 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 because it's split off. Yeah, but I, I can't tell. She knew the name Romulan, so that's something. Yeah, but I also know that we'll, they will th- mention like them again later. So we'll see. I don't know. I think that's just because Vulcans have been in space forever, and they just know to to stay away from Romulans. Like, well, that's fair. <laughs> Those guys yeah. are assholes. Yeah, yeah, true. Accurate. We built a fence and they climbed up on the fence and said to stay off of it. Get off my fence. Hey, this fence is meant to be between our yard. Yeah, stay off the fence. This is my fence. The fence doesn't belong to anyone. It's the the area between the two yards. Nope, stay out of it. What the fuck did you say about my fence? (laughs) Uh, what else? Did you come over here and say that to me my face on my fence? (laughs) You guys are jerks. Um, Yeah, they're kind of jerks. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, yeah, good thing, bad thing. We did talk about how ridiculous it was for them to surf the explosion, right? Yeah, I still loved it, though. Yeah, I loved it. It was stupid, but I really enjoyed it. I'm all for a stupid thing like that if we've established the tone is stupid. Like, the the Abrams movies are fine for that because that's just what they are. But uh-huh. Enterprise doesn't hasn't really earned a stupid moment. Like They that. don't have the special effects budget to do it either, which is kind of simple. Like, yeah. there's the explosion and then up on the bridge with everyone looking at consoles until, yeah. you know, they land yeah, inside. Yeah, hey, we made it. I will, I will say this. I, we talked about this during the episode. I love how much out in, like, space stuff these guys do. Like... Yeah, they yeah. put on their suits all the time. Yeah, like it's that. great. They feel like astronauts and not just like guys living in a spaceship. Yeah, it felt like no one ever did that back on any of the other treks. Like that just wasn't yeah, a thing. Part that of that was a budget all. thing, and part sure. of that was the actors didn't want to hide their faces, but I'm glad they've overcome that. Yeah. It's cool. Like And then they've also come up with spacesuits that show the entire face now. So yeah, the actor yeah. I get that. That's the just the thing that we do see. now. Yeah. They got a light in them so that you can see the actor's face perfectly. Yeah. Which no, apparently the actors handful. can't see out of. Yeah. So, oh well. Yeah, because they have this big light in their face. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. I also uh, another illustration of how the guy who plays Malcolm is just sort of the weakest actor in the, the ensemble. Like he's he's doing this thing where he's like whoa, like he's waving his body around <laughs> the whole time they're out in space. Like ooh, I'm in weightlessness, and and like Bakula looks kind of like an astronaut does yeah. when you see him do a spacewalk, and and I don't know what the fuck that guy's doing. <laughs> He had to, he, uh, he stole fizzy lifting drink. (laughs) He looks like he's in an improv, like in a bad improv show and just like, I'm in space now. Now give me the name of a car. Just terrible. Uh, anything else? Uh, I think that's everything. Uh, just briefly, I love the design on the Romulan ships. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it good. does look like the old, like the original series ones, sort of crossed with the Warbird from the next gen areas. It, it's a good like thing. you can see as soon as the first one decloaks while I'm watching it, I just like fuck it. Those are Romulans, definitely. That's awesome. Yep. And the guy too uh, had a really good like theatrical Romulan voice. Yeah. Yep. You're speaking think, to Romulans. I think the thing, thinking about it a little more, what bugs me is the Romulans still to this day feel like guys we need to learn more about and yeah only not never seeing them and only hearing them in a different language from afar like we're still not learning anything about them i think that's what bugs me the most yeah because like this is your chance to really get to know them no never mind we're not doing that yeah we got two movies about them but they're also like weird offshoots that don't really count yeah, yeah they're not they're about vampire them. friends yeah yeah that and then um and then nero which yeah, yeah. He was, he was a minor. He's very he polite, but he's not really a Romulan. Yeah, yeah. A minor in a giant ship. Yeah. But he wasn't part of, like, I want to know about their culture. I want to know yeah. about the, the split from the Vulcans. Like, there's so much interesting yeah. stuff. Like, how did they become different? How are they the way they are now? There is something out, like, too interesting about, like, how they dealt with Remans and that whole nonsense that, you know, if you if they did it correctly, it could have been good. But. Yeah, that oh, could yeah. be interesting. Yeah. I think it's one of the books days. they said that they landed on Romulus, or, or Remus, I guess, and the Remans were already there. And mm-hmm. so, like, that's how they, they kind of evolved together. But, you know, the, none of that's in the movie, so. Sure. No, it could be an interesting story to tell. But No, yeah. we've been saying this for the be- like before the beginning. Like, Enterprise would have been a great place to bring in the Romulans as the main antagonist. It would have been amazing. But they just yeah. don't seem to be interested in that. Nope. Well, it's because the two guys in charge hate continuity and... <laughs> The and series and yeah. yeah, yeah, and women. 
Yeah. Well, also that, yeah. <laughs> Romulans have strong women in them. <laughs> That's true, they do. Yep. All right. Uh, let's do our alternate titles. Flunk, what do you got? Bum of the enemy. Pretty good. Matt? Uh, I got Malcolm with a spike in the middle of his leg. <laughs> I think that one wins. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Mine is the continuing adventures of the number one greatest first enterprise. The guy, the great guys who did everything first before anyone else because we're so fucking great. They are pretty fucking great. That. Well, that's what they keep telling us. I mean, and you know that's that why rule: know. tell, don't show. Yeah. All right, and we did your quote, right? Yeah, we did. Yes. We did earlier. So. All right, uh, and we have my bit, then. my great middle oh, bit. Right. Oh, oh, everybody right. yeah, loves all the time. On. Yeah. By all means, tell tell us your bit. So it's my it's season two Enterprise All Stars. Um, so on Memory Alpha, there's a lot of uncredited information that says things like uh, Mike Sussman's original script had this in it, but the producers changed it to this dumb thing, or Mike Sussman wanted to change this stupid part of the script, but the producers overruled him. So this season's Enterprise All Star is Mike Sussman for using Memory Alpha to air out some old work grievances and show us the better show he was trying to make. <laughs> See, that's Mike. people trying to change Memory Alpha for the better. We're, yeah. we're trying yeah. to put our stupid jokes in there, but this guy's trying to clear his name. Yep. So, yeah, salute to you, Mike Sussman. Mike I guess. Sussman, wherever Yeah, you he's are. a writer now and he's a producer in the later seasons. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And he's sick of you messing up his great ideas. Yeah. Well, if, if I was working. Messing with his art. <laughs> what is he, Harlan Ellison? Yep. Don't name. Ah, Harlan I didn't Ellison. make Scotty a drug dealer. It's my art. He'll draw his ire to us. Ugh, that's okay. If you as say his, his name three, three times, times, he'll appear in your yeah. living room and sue you. <laughs> his lawyers always... appear in your bathroom mirror. Yep, that seems about right. <laughs> Weirdly enough, his lawyer is Beetlejuice. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Moving on now to dead stop. Somehow, despite all odds, the Enterprise remembers that it got broken last week by the Romulans that we technically didn't meet, even though we totally met them before anyone else did because we're the first and best crew of the Starship Enterprise. <sighs> Still mad about that. They also remember that Malcolm had a pylon shoved through his leg, which is good because the more that guy suffers, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And not in an O'Brien must suffer way either. I just really don't like this guy. In, in case I hadn't made that clear. Anyway, somehow we managed to avoid hitting the reset button, so that means the ship is still in kind of bad shape. After lengthy deliberations, Archer decides that maybe they should send a distress call. Why the fuck it's such a controversial decision to ask for help when you need help is something I don't really understand, but I guess it's consistent with this show's stupid attitude toward working together. Well, I mean, that's not a very Star Trek idea, is it? So, their reluctant distress call is answered by some Tellarites, an actual race that would make sense to interact with on this show. So, naturally, they're nowhere to be seen. But a surprisingly friendly Tellarite voice does direct the Enterprise to a mysterious space station capable of repairing the ship and Malcolm's leg. Also, they have replicators because we can't go five goddamn minutes in this prequel time period without reverting back to stuff we had in the TNG era. But the station itself is not manned. It conducts business via computer terminals with the voice of this week's director, noted Trek alumnus Roxanne Dawson. The computer somewhat sensibly asks for payment in exchange for the high-tech repairs it's about to perform, and also asks that nobody stick their dick into the Forbidden Corridor on Deck 13. So naturally, Trip and Malcolm go sticking their dicks in there, almost immediately. <laughs> to his credit, Archer yells at them for this, but then later, when the station inevitably turns out to be evil, he uses the information they gathered to infiltrate the station. Of course it turned out to be evil. Do you think anyone in Berman-era Trek could ever just be helpful without some mind-blowing sinister secret? This time, it's some of the Matrix bullshit as they kidnap Travis, replace him with a fake corpse, and wire his brain up to become part of the station's computer. Because the human brain is the best computer, which explains all the thousands of calculations per second that all of us are all the time performing. Quick, ask me what the square root of four is. It's two. See? Computer. <laughs> Archer rescues Travis and blows up the station, leaving a bunch of other aliens who had also been abducted to die. I mean, hey, it's not like any of those unconscious aliens sent a distress call or anything. If they wanted our help, they would have asked for it, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I didn't want to steal Matt's joke uh, referring to the station as, as what it really is. Oh, gas station. <laughs> yes, gas yep. station. It's, I mean, it's basically just a big floating gas station in the middle of space. And honestly, I was thinking about this. Why aren't there more of these? There should be. I mean, if they weren't evil, they'd be really cool. Yeah. Just and actually, I spent the base. first half of this episode being fascinated by this gas station. 
that that was my good thing actually just visually speaking mm-hmm. i liked the way the thing looked like yeah it was a neat design and i liked all the repairs being done by robot arms and not magical beams which is yeah. usually how the stuff is done yeah that was, nice. that was neat like it's a neat concept to just have these like these space stations floating out in the middle of space and you know if you've got a ship that's damaged you can fly to one get get repaired give them some stuff and leave yeah and without the sinister part, that would be a neat idea. Yeah, and then it turned out that they were stealing people, which is fucking stupid. For their brain juice. Yeah. Oh, we'll run our great computer brain, which is so great that it can repair a space station, shrug, by stealing people's brains and putting them in hospital beds and stuff. There's a Klingon in there, shrug. Yep. And a bunch of other aliens that, uh, nah, we don't want to save them. Yeah. I think I saw a Romulan and a Morn in the background, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, a you Morn. definitely didn't see a Romulan, I'll tell you that much. Uh, it could have been a Vulcan. We did see a Vulcan, I definitely saw that, but I thought I saw, like, the Romulan, like, quilt armor. Well, it's possible these guys saw that and thought it was a Vulcan and didn't think about it. Yeah. yeah. They could it was also, they probably just had a big, you know, trunk full of, uh, alien masks <laughs> that they yeah, Come here and have a look... Captain, come here and have a look at this real lumpy Vulcan I found. <laughs> look at his stupid uniform. What an idiot. Wouldn't you just fall right to sleep on this thing? Ah, look how comfortable <laughs> it is. It's like they're walking around in a mattress. <laughs> they, ordered, they, they ordered these uniforms from a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Quilty? The thing is, I and I've said this a million times, if you do it right, you don't have to have the Deadly Danger Sinister twist in Act 3. You could just do... This could have very easily been just a character episode. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all recuperating here. Let's all get to know each other and yeah. have them do wacky R&R stuff and nobody's in danger and it's just kind of cool. But they gotta have... You can't ever help anyone without it being a fucking like whole to-do, as Matt would say. Yeah. I just... I, the, every time. The last like 10 minutes, too, the, the action adventure part were just so boring. Oh, God, well, they're right. crawling they're through crawling ventilation through tubes, tubes. And like, yeah. yeah, and shoot their phaser at the wall, and it's just, all right. The only good thing about all of that is uh, uh, Trip complaining to the computer about the shoddy service he's received. I, mm. I, it was funny watching him do that, but it didn't make a lick of sense that the computer would be distracted. Oh, no, that's dumb. Like, right now, I have the Google Doc open with all our notes. I have the recording software that I record this on and Skype all at the same time, and mm-hmm. my computer's just fine. But like, you're not yelling at it. And you also yeah, haven't punched a, it recently, so maybe it was still recovering from that. I guess that's true. That's a problem. Uh, you okay. need some moron from Florida to be shouting at it about the price of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. You said you said it was 99 tenths, but it's really 100 tenths, which is just a dollar. How am I supposed to pay a tenth, huh? Am I going to cut this penny in half? Also, we don't have money, or maybe we do. Who knows? Hold on a sec. I got to cut this penny in half. Now, now I'm not sure if I can do it or not. I'm now I'm selling Cutco. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, the flunk, that was your good thing, right? Yeah, I guess trip arguing with the computer was kind of funny. Everything else well, was guy, just kind of boring. The guy playing trip is charming and funny, so, you know. Yeah. He did the best with what he had. It definitely seemed like he had, had this exact same conversation with the John Deere customer service a week earlier. and then <laughs> He was supposed to throw, throw in a free hat. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. How am I supposed to let you... strangers know how much I like your John Deere products if I don't have a John Deere hat to wear? And, Riddle and me if, that, If you Batman. don't give me one, I'm going to wear a Caterpillar hat. That's right. <laughs> and uh, one of you had mentioned that he would ask to see the uh, supervisor, and then a giant space station would show up. <laughs> yes. A giant space station with a tie. Of course. Is there a problem here? <laughs> I did like uh, Roxanne Big, or excuse me, Roxanne Dawson. She dropped one of the hyphenates. I can never yeah. remember which one. Um, I, I did like her sort of soothing computer voice, and that just felt like uh, we don't want to cast another actor. You know what? The director's in, in SAG. Let's just nope. use her. No, I was reading on Memory Alpha. Apparently, they tried a bunch of people, and she just did the best job. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I imagine she was just sort of filling in, saying it off camera, and someone said, "Hey, that's pretty good. Let's just use that." <laughs> That worked out well that the person who has to decide who does the voice also did the best job. Yeah. And she collects two paychecks. Good for yeah. you, Roxanne. I yeah. won two paychecks this week. All right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's just a just another example of Trek taking care of its own. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, good question. Oh, uh, yeah. Actual continuity between episodes. Like, the ship took a real beating and needed repairs. Like... 
Come on, Enterprise, this shit's real easy to do. I, I agree, but that ties into Flonk's bad thing. Yeah, which is that it still counts as a reset button if you spend the whole episode resetting everything. I don't know that I agree with that, but I i mean, it's a valid point, but I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, they, they could have gotten a little more mileage out of it, like... It, or if the ship was still damaged but not as bad, because you know they had that whole big explosion they had to escape from. Yeah, if they redamaged it, if in the escape, or if yeah. they hadn't finished the repairs yet, or that would have been, that yeah. would have been good. You're right. So uh, just, me, also, sorry, I get that like they want they're like they're out in space and they they don't want to go back because they want to prove that they can do it, but like they have a reason to go back to Earth, and you can you can even do some upgrades, too, and like, oh, now yeah. we have, like, real phasers and real shields and stuff, like, like yeah, a, a transporter that, that can take animals now. See, I thought they said in the episode it would take them, like, ten years to get home. No. They haven't, they haven't no, it, would, it was going to take ten years at warp two, because that's the fastest they could go with the big hole in the ship. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Or they have to, you know, spend, like, five episodes, like, getting, like, little, like, patchwork repairs, you know, from the Tellarites from, from this planet, and then they finally from, get home for, uh, like, a full overhaul. duct tape on stuff. Well, do the, yeah. do the thing. Remember that one Voyager episode we kind of liked where they were stuck in that void and they had to trade with, a, a, like, different yeah. guys? Like, do yeah. that kind of thing where you're meeting new guys and solving your problem at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then you can also get like, a sense of how like, dangerous space is and that, like, it is yeah. tough being the first people out here and... It yeah, wouldn't be like the Enterprise just stuff. going back to Earth every week because they had nothing else to do. Like it would be, uh, <clears throat> yeah. excuse me, the Enterprise D going back every week. Um, yeah, because like they, they they have a reason to. Maybe they shouldn't be out this far, and then like you can get a whole bit of character work out of that. Yeah, that would be nice. But no. Also, uh, having these guys uh, innovate solutions, like uh, yeah. Trip coming up with an idea that no one ever would have thought of, because Ma- otherwise you just you'll never get home. Like well, Maybe that's... this is why Starfleet has double redundancy on everything uh, in the future, because like these guys kept fucking everything up. Yeah, could be. Uh, there's a cat that's trying to chime in with an opinion. Whose cat is that? That would be my cat. Oh, that would be my wife's cat. Okay, very well. What's their bad thing? Yeah, what's your, what's the cat's bad thing? Uh, the cat's bad thing is apparently not enough fish in the bowl. Well, that's fair. Uh huh. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I get it. I don't think like I don't know that I'd call this a reset button though. Like, there's yeah, it would have played out better. But uh, to me, it, it reminded me not not nearly as good. But after Picard's Borg thing, when he went home and sort of emotionally recovered from that, mm-hmm. like. They didn't just have him find the next episode. They at least took one hour to, to do something. But and it would obviously take longer than an hour. But Sure. That felt like a recovery, not him just going to a psychiatrist who waved a beam at him and hit him with a bunch of grabber arms until he was fixed. I you know what I mean? Though. Yeah, but I'm saying it, at least they addressed the fact that something happened last week. That yeah. To yeah. Th- this, this show just it. There's so many episodes where it just like after after this huge fight, they're just fine the next week. Like. It's nice I, to see them like stuff having consequences, and the the size of the hole they got blown into the ship like there yeah. should be consequences there. I completely agree. I am reluctant to lay that all on the writers though, because I know the network like at this point serialized shows were starting to become more of a thing, and I know these guys get to do it a little bit later on, and that's good. But it's hard. Like it's hard to sell that when not a lot of shows are doing it yet. Well, you know? like, had Buffy gone over to UPN at this point? I think it was right, or, right around this time. Yeah, it would be either this year or next year. Yeah. Because I know okay. part of the reason that there was no season five of Enterprise is because there was no more UPN. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No, it, w- it would have been during season one, because I remember seeing the promos for, for Buffy coming to UPN while I was still watching Enterprise. And okay. I wasn't into Buffy at that point. I'm like, really? Now this show's still going? That's dumb. <laughs> and, you know, I changed my mind, but like, oh, at yeah. the time, I remember seeing the promos for that. Um, I, so, I mean, I, but I still think it, it was still relatively new. I think Buffy's one of those shows that people point to and say, see, you can do serialization. And yeah, but it was also the only show that was doing it at the time. So, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. But they, they get there and, you know, DS9 kept having to push. Like if, if you've read the 50 year mission, you see like uh, Iris Stephen Bear constantly fighting for it and Berman just giving up because Iris Stephen Bear's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, fine. Just do your serialized thing. Whatever. Leave me alone. Please take your sunglasses off. I was Stephen Bear, an actual bear in disguise. <laughs> yep. Well, you know what they say, Matt. Good things come in bears. That's true. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> um, what was your bad thing, Matt? 
Yeah, so this episode really shows how little development's been done on Travis. Like, the dude's a main character, and I don't know shit about him. Like, I met his death with a shrug. I mean, partly because I knew he'd be back. He's a main character. His name's in the credits. But still, like, I don't give a shit about this guy. He might as... He could be anybody. No, Hoshi says when she goes... And this is another one of those moments I was talking about where she's... Like, we do know that she's probably his closest friend. That actually, they've put a little bit of work into. Not much, but we've seen it like twice. Mm -hmm. So she's the one that comes down and you can tell she doesn't want to. Like, I don't want to go to sickbay and look at the corpse of my friend. This is terrible. But she does it anyway because once again, she sucks it up and and does the right thing, the brave thing when she has to. Yeah, because Hoshi's great. Yeah. Uh, but at one point she says, I just thought this was one of his practical jokes. And all three of us are like, what, 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 yeah. what are you talking you know, the about? The practical jokes he's always all the time doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that practical jokes to Travis. That time that he made a uniform that said Archer is a jerk. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Nobody really got it. It would, it, it'll be funny in a hundred years. Trust sure. me. He's ahead of his time. Yeah. No, I, you're right. You're absolutely right though. I didn't know anything about him and I didn't know anything about him after because I think uh, I saw you pointing this out Flonk like the, the point of an episode where you think someone is dead is then you learn about him through the other characters and yeah. th- that didn't happen no we still you know, yeah season and whatever four episodes and all we know yeah. is that he's he's wide eyes and an enthusiastic smile yeah I'll tell you we one thing I learned about and him muscles this lots and lots of muscles oh yeah God, that dude yeah. is fucking cut yep Jesus no, I know almost nothing more about him than I did in the pilot, which is just sad. Yeah. But yeah, And also, like, like, like Matt, like you said, like as soon as we see him dead, you're just counting down the time until we find him and our minds yeah. are blown. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I always hate that. And, and of course, then you pointed out, Flunk, that, uh, you know, the, us assuming he could never come back because they wouldn't kill someone in the main credits just uh, really made Armis sad. Yeah. I tried really hard to change that, you guys. You know it can happen. I went on Memory Alpha and said that I changed it. <laughs> well, no Good job, Armist Suster. Uh, let's see. Oh, and my bad thing, as as I already indicated in my in my summaries, is Trip and Malcolm sticking their dicks in the station. Like, yeah. before we yeah, had geez. the sinister twist, they're just like crawling around where they're not supposed to be. Like, knock it off, you guys. I I had a theory for a minute that like the reason the shit the the gas station kidnaps Travis at all is because they were fucking around. That could be. Except did all the other aliens there have that same? I mean, maybe if like, you put a big sign that says "Do not touch this button," someone's going to try to touch it. So yeah, yeah. But Star Trek always tries to sell us on the fact that humans are the only ones with that curiosity. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't believe it for a second. It's That's a so basic survival dumb. trait. But. But that's the thing Star Trek keeps saying is that that's what makes us great is our, our you know, our constant need to know things. Yeah, that's another thing I liked about Discovery. Not to keep on going to that. <laughs> we'll talk about it in June and you'll, yeah. get, you'll get your chance. Yeah. I just for now, I don't want to, you know, I, yeah, no, I know. My, my first opinion of anything is completely wrong. I'm an idiot. My first impression is an idiot. So it's better to give it a little time. If it helps, so, I liked it more the second time I watched it. So, well, OK. When I wasn't um, expecting anything. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what else? Fox has giant food coloring uh, containers in his cabinets, and I don't understand it. He's a baker. <laughs> he loves to bake. Mm-hmm. Is that what Denoblians are known for? Yeah, he wakes and he bakes. No, it's just him. Uh, Not every one of our races of the same way, Flong. Come on. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, I know. It shouldn't be true, but... I don't know. It's there's a there's a long Star Trek tradition of putting cheesy shit in sick bay, like starting with bones all the way on. Like, yep, that's just they, well, the original. They tri- the original uh, uh, hypersprays were salt shakers. Yep. Yeah. Were, didn't they use like ten different kinds of salt shakers for various things? I remember reading. Probably. They just they were really fascinated with salt shakers. Yeah. And they go down to the whatever the. 60s version of Target was the Piggly yeah. Wiggly and uh, <laughs> buy all the different salt shakers they can. Yeah. Uh, what else? I love the um, uh, when they're interacting with the computer uh, and it keeps going. I did not understand that entry. All I could think was all I could think of was like me trying to play a text adventure. <laughs> I do not understand north. I do not understand up. I do not understand. Fuck this stupid game. <laughs> 
Okay, so at least one listener has reached out directly to us and said, well, obviously you guys are going to spend the whole time talking about this moment, because we are, but not the whole time. Uh But uh, the the thing says, okay, while we're fixing your ship, here's a recreation area, and we have replicators, which I hate, but they... um, we can we can bring up anything in your database, and so uh, well, all very to, cautiously, yeah. the logical says, person, yeah, she's very like okay. The simplest thing I can think of just to make sure it's safe: a uh, glass of water, and it yeah. comes up. And Trip's like, "Oh boy, catfish!" <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a fucking plate of deep fried catfish with that's with my boy and everything. Yeah, like I was I I was about to say, you know what? Maybe we need more for our trip impression. That word over and over again is getting a little stale. But if the show's going to keep doing it, well, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's not the only thing Trip has. It's just his catch. It's his catchphrase. His catchphrase. His catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, and and Archer's like, okay, we know it can do it, but maybe you should stop eating it. And by that point, he's already Meantime, got half yeah. of shoved in his face. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a catfish skeleton with the tail and the head on. Some some breadcrumbs. That's it. What do you mean? <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't eat all that. It's poison. Oh, I'm so cool. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I didn't love the, the replicators. That's a little annoying. Yeah. But, eh, whatever. I, just, I get that. You know, I mean, it kind of makes sense because they they obviously are going to need industrial replicators to, to repair the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, why do we have to keep on going back to TNG stuff every single week? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I would have kind of like there's another like we keep rewriting the episode, but maybe if they didn't have replicators, they just had sort of stock parts on on the you know like in stock where so that then the Enterprise had some weird like it's fixed, but now you got part of a Tellarite freighter here, yeah, and part of a Gorn you know cruiser yeah. here, but it all fits so whatever, and maybe that's how this station could work is like you trade stuff they can fix the next ship with, yeah, that could be cool. But yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Here's yeah. the thing: the ship, the station, it's not actually a Tellarite station, right? Like I didn't learn that until I didn't oh. realize that until way late in the episode. When well, it the tele- so a voice, a voice comes over the comm that's supposed to be a Tellarite and tells them, that, like they, it, they're choppy and they can't tell, but they, the coordinates are here, so that's where they go. But Flunk mm. raised an interesting point there. Yeah, there, there's there's two things, which is the Tellarites just knew that that space station existed and sent them over that way. That's what I. Or heard. yeah, my theory is that the station was just lying and saying it was a Tellarite to to yeah, lure them in. That. Yeah, because Tapal knows what that is, and uh, we can trust the Tellarites. They're kind of jerks, but they're they're probably steering us in the right direction. Ah. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's a, that's a cool thing I hadn't thought of. It's yeah, maybe. Um. I, I know we will meet Tellarites, and I'm kind of looking forward to that, because I know nothing about those guys. I yeah, think they've exactly. Up they're twice. one of the, yeah, one of the founding Yeah, they look kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, they have potential. It's one of those things like the Andorians, where I'm interested to see this show's take on them, because yeah. the 60s version looked okay, but I bet the early 2000s version would look way better. And have they shown up since the 60s? Were they in, like, any of the movies? I don't think so. Only yeah. if they were extras, like maybe background guys, but not a speaking role, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. No, that was an Andorian. Never mind. I was going to say in the uh, next gen episode with Data's daughter. Yeah, that was an Andorian. Yeah, that was an Andorian. I th- I feel like there was like some like Tellarite just like sitting on like a Federation council or whatever. In that feels right. Or like in uh, Star Trek Three, where Bones yeah. is in the bar. I think there was some classic aliens hanging out there. Like there's there's a handful of places they could have been lurking in the background, but I can't remember one being a character since like. Yeah, I, I don't think there's been like a yeah, and then yeah. probably the only reason that they're in this at all is because in Journey to Babel they were they were named as the founding member. Yeah. yeah, we've we've established canonically that the founding members of the Federation are the humans, the Vulcans, the Andorans, yeah. and the Tellarites. So we have to include them at some point. Yeah, if this show is about building the Federation, which apparently it is, then we <laughs> should know these guys. So yeah, um, anything else? Um, everything is in English on the space station because fuck Vulcans. Uh, they did scan the Enterprise's databases, which is how they also knew how to make catfish. So I'll I'll give them that. (laughs) I mean, everyone on the ship except for, uh, T'Pol and, uh, uh, Phlox speak English first, probably. Yeah. Because all those guys from Earth are obviously American. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Um, oh, the ending was terrible. I like the ending. 
Yeah, it I, was I, super, I a super sinister, you know, <laughs> Jason coming out of the water again at the end, like like that kind of just. Yeah, the station's uh, the station's hand bursts bursts out of the out of the grave they buried it in. Yeah, and shakes a fist at Enterprise. See, the thing is, it didn't seem sinister to me because it, the the implication wasn't we're coming for Enterprise again. It was just that what this place does is repair, and now it's repairing itself. No, I, they did I like the love... slow pan and the sinister music and all that. I would love yeah, but, to reveal that the, the the Enterprise's greatest greatest enemy is a sentient gas station. <laughs> the thing sprouts warp engines and starts chasing them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be better than the Sulaban. I'll get you next time, Enterprise! <laughs> De- definitely better than the Sulaban. Uh-huh. Yep. All right. Uh, Flunk, what do you got for an alternate title? Uh, Deep Snooze 9, because it was boring. Get it? I didn't find it that boring, but fair yeah. enough. Matt, what do you got? Little Gas Station of Horrors. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, mine was Dial C for Catfish. Because <laughs> that's what he did. All right. Oh, and uh, my quote is uh, at the very beginning, Malcolm moaning because that's all he ever does uh-huh. uh, when Flox is trying to fix him. And um, Flox says this. You're killing me. Ugh. Push, Lieutenant. Two more seconds. And rest. Ugh. Ugh. It can't be ethical to cause a patient this much pain. It's unethical to harm a patient. I can inflict as much pain as I like which I liked. I still like that guy. Delightful. Yep. Yeah, oh, I might as well uh, put this on the record. I was definitely wrong about not liking Fox. Good. I was going to yeah. ask you about that, because so far, he's delightful, and I I was waiting for a point where that stops happening, and maybe you just remembered wrong? Or Yeah, I think it did, because I remember the first time I watched it, he came across as, like, subdued Neelix, which was irritating, but yeah. I think, actually, after watching Voyager so recently, that is kind of a good thing. Yeah. No, because it's like all the, like the things that could have been likable about Neelix, but actually yeah. done right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's to me still the most Star Trek guy on the show right now because he's actually interested in exploring things for the sake of knowing them and not yeah out of some weird species arrogance, but just because he thinks it's cool, which I like. All right, well that's all for this time. Uh, Flunk, you got anything you want to say? Do plus <laughs> a scene done or eaten? <laughs> Um, yeah, Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access. We'll watch it uh, now. Um, I made a huge mistake, the Arrested Development podcast. I just had an episode of that come out, and the uh, last one is soon. Um, don't know when, because it's a very erratic schedule. But sure. um, but yeah, yeah. if you want to hear uh, talk from about Arrested Development from start to finish, uh, then yeah, go listen to that. Nerds talking about a TV show from the beginning to end. That's I know, right? It's It'll a very... Work. Work. Uh, and, and as promised, once we finish Enterprise, we will be getting to Discovery. People keep asking, so I have to keep saying. Yeah, no, we yes. are doing it. We're doing it in production order. So next June, like, yeah. we're, we're done with Enterprise. We'll do the typical supplemental after season four ends and then right into Discovery. So, and all, all the regular guests will be joining us and the, the, the usual. The only thing that we're doing differently is we're going to cover one episode per, per show instead of two, just to yeah. stretch it out a little, because all we got is 15. So, yeah. Yeah, I think they said the season two, if they started it right now, it wouldn't debut until 2019, so. Yeah, and we already have a plan, which we've talked about, that tied us over. But also, we won't be starting that until 2018, so it won't be a huge gap for us. So, but it will be weird if we catch up. There also needs to be season two, so there's that too. Yeah. It it will be Provided CBS All Access doesn't completely fold. Uh, We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll get into that next year too. Yeah, Yeah, we will. By that point, I feel like the dust will have settled and either it was a success or a failure. We'll see. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, that's all for this time. Next time we will be joined by another Lynch. So look yeah. forward oh. to that. And I'll have to get the bleep button out for any mentions of deadly games. <laughs> uh, our our website is ever Uh Shirts are still available. You can yep. buy them. The the link is right at the top. Uh, our email address postomicor at gmail. Yep. People Review say we should Facebook. mention these things. So Facebook. mentioning them. What's that? Review us, on, review us on iTunes, not Facebook. That's not. What oh yeah, there is there is a Facebook for Algar Productions, which is all the all the podcasts that I produce. And if you're interested in past stuff, it goes there along with everything for like uh, Sarcastic Voyage related, the game we're working on, Contentment mm-hmm. Corner, all that stuff is all there. Oh, um, real, we're trying is really good. You guys should listen to that. Oh, thank it you. It is real good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, 
And oh, and uh, follow us on Twitter if you like. I'm yeah. Algar. Matt, tell them what yours is. Oh, uh, at Robot Matt. <laughs> flunk. Uh, uh, flunk two. Right. Yeah, Not. We won't get into flunk. why it's Flunk two right now. Ugh. Jerk. Who has that kind of time? All right. Uh, I do. Um, I got all the time in the world. <laughs> this is my own podcast coming soon. <laughs> the real flock. Yes. All right. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.